How's it going, Longhorn Nation? Welcome to Texas Talk, your one-stop shop for everything involving Texas Longhorns football. I'm your host, Ryan McLoon, and I'm joined, as always, by my awesome co-host, Michael Farber. We are recording on Wednesday, March 15th, and today we are going to be doing something a little different and talk about Texas's basketball team. Uh, call it our March Madness special. Before we get into it, though, be sure to subscribe and leave us a rating wherever you're listening. Also, tell your friends and family about us. After that, make sure to check out our website, texas-talk.com. On the website, you'll be able to find the Longhorns' updated 2023 roster, their depth chart, the 2023 recruiting class, the transfer portal additions and departures, any trending news, plus our analysis on the team as a whole. So be sure to check that out. With all that said, Michael, how was your weekend? Yeah, I had a pretty good uh, weekend. Um, you know, Texas won in the Big 12. That's always fun and, and uh, pretty relaxing weekend. Uh, watched a little bit of basketball last night with the play-in games, but uh, looking forward to some more um, as the weekend comes, uh, kind of runs down a little bit. But should be a fun weekend. Texas plays tomorrow night, if, I, if I'm correct. Um, tomorrow, yep. And it uh, should be a fun game and, and hopefully uh, a win to start off the tournament here. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, they play the 630 game. And right after them, actually, is that Texas A&M game. Ooh. And then those two <laughs> will meet uh, in the second round if all goes according to plan. So um, that would be that would be awesome. Awesome to see. But yeah, Texas needs to take care of business first there and win at that 630 clock start time. Um, okay. Before we get super into Texas and, uh, March madness, I want to talk a little bit about the NFL draft one, because I think it's a little topical right now. Um, Dallas cuts Ezekiel Elliott and I have seen maybe like seven or eight different, uh, Bijan Cowboys, uh, Jersey swaps. So, Cowboys fans are obviously a lot of them are Texas Longhorns fans as well. Um, personally, you and I not Cowboys fans. No. But, um, <laughs> every time I see that is I just think like, dude, Bijan's not making it there. Bijan is not making it there. I cannot see it. He's way, way too good to make it out of. Personally, I think the top ten, but I'll give people the top fifteen um, just because running back is so devalued. Um, but what, what are your thoughts there? Do you think maybe Bijan could make it there or even make it to your Bengals? Ooh, uh, that's going to be a tough one because if he falls all the way to 28, I, I, I don't see how we couldn't take him. Um, but right. if he falls to 26, I mean, that that's perfect for the Cowboys there. Um, but yeah, Bijan, fantastic player. He's probably or he easily is a top 10 player in the draft. But like you said, running back isn't valued very high in the draft um, or in free agency anymore. So it, it's, it's kind of like a, uh, a cheap position that you can get anywhere. Um, but when there's a guy like Bijan who, you know, is in fantastic all around player, you know, th those guys don't come out of college very often. Um, right. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if a team, you know, picks him up in the top 15. Um, I don't know if he's going to go in the top 10. That's kind of a stretch for me just because of how devalued the position is. But um, mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see him go in the top 10. Uh, but I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be more around 15 there. Uh, but, yeah, if he falls to the to the Cowboys at, at uh, 20, I think I said 26. If, 26 he falls to, yeah. if he falls to the Cowboys at 26, I mean, what a fantastic uh, pickup for them. And kind yeah. of probably the steal of the draft because he, he's going to do a lot of work. And – um, I'm not going to say it's an upgrade over Zeke right away because Zeke was a mm -hmm. fantastic running back over several years. But uh, if, if Bijan continues like he did in college, I mean, he's, he's going to easily be better than Zeke and he's going to uh, dominate mm -hmm. in Dallas. Yeah. And especially Zeke the past couple of years, it just seems yeah. like Zeke got old really fast. You know, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, Zeke was so much of like a bruiser running back who obviously did a lot more than that, but Zeke is known for just being between the tackles bruiser and man, that takes a toll on your body and it shows um, with how he's played the past couple of years. And Tony Pollard just definitely had way more pop to his game yeah. than Zeke did. Um, obviously Pollard had a lot less carries than Zeke. So 
Um, he was able to keep that juice throughout the entire game. But either way, I completely agree. I think I think Bijan would step in and be an upgrade over Zeke um, the past two years, Zeke, immediately. I mean, Zeke, mm-hmm. as, a, as a rookie in his second year, he was incredible and maybe the best running back in the league. But like I said, he aged pretty quickly. Now, the only team that I could see taking Bijan in the top 10 is my Chicago Bears. I really <laughs> think the Bears could do this, man. Um, obviously, the Bears need a lot. They're the worst team in the NFL for a reason. Um, there's basically not a position that they don't need. Uh, you could say not quarterback, but uh, Justin Fields still has doubters, which I think is fair. I, I like Justin Fields. I think he's going to be great, but it's fair to have doubters at this point. Um, but, man, if you have the chance to get probably the best offensive player and maybe even the best player in general in the draft, regardless of position, I just am always a fan of just taking that and then figuring out the rest with your other nine picks in the draft. You know what I mean? Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, the Bears are sitting there um, at number nine, obviously. Um, yeah. And, I mean, they, they got a lot of value for that number one pick. Um, mm-hmm. But I was ecstatic. Uh, yeah. And, and, well, the thing with Jalen Carter as well, where his yeah, pro day was terrible. terrible. He's came in overweight. Um, yeah. I, I wouldn't be able to – I wouldn't be surprised if he fell there too. So you're going to have a decision of mm-hmm. do you take arguably the best defensive player in the class right. um, who, who yep. might have some issues with, with discipline and staying on top of his workouts, or do you take mm-hmm. arguably the best offensive player in the class um, who doesn't have any issues, who's a great guy on the field and, and um, right. you know, obviously stays in shape because he looks ripped right now. Going into the yeah. – going into the um, – uh, the combine, I, I mean, he mm-hmm. was in fantastic shape. So it's going to be a tough choice. Um, but, you know, that I, I would love to have a top 10 pick in the draft uh, as the Bengals wow. fan. But, but, uh, no, you uh, wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> Don't lie. <laughs> if, if we played the same as we did last year, so we made it to the AFC Championship game, we still had a top okay. 10 pick. So if you're the that, Eagles, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. That, that would be fantastic. But, uh, uh yeah, it's going to be an interesting pick there at, at number nine for the Bears. And, um, but do you think there's a chance that they trade back again, or do you think they stick there and, and, and pick? I think that's a great point, and I really do think they could trade back again. I mean, so the offensive line, I, I talk about this a lot with a lot of my Bears uh, friends, but the offensive line isn't in a, as bad of a shape as I think the outside think it is. I think Braxton Jones was their uh, rookie left tackle last year. I think he played like pretty well. I think – he played well enough, I think, to earn a second year as the starter and see if he's grown anymore, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think we could we should ship him off right away. And I'm a very uh, non-believer. I don't, I don't know. That's terrible wording. But in <laughs> just swapping over tackles from left to right, um, some can do it. But, you know, some just aren't, aren't built like that. They just can't mm-hmm. do it. It's the complete opposite. Um, mechanics obviously so um and that 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 was kind of my big thing with christian jones um moving from right tackle to left tackle and then back to right tackle he's played a lot better at the right tackle spot and i wish they never moved him to begin with because he could be even better um Mm -hmm. without that year of kind of stunted growth in my opinion so big believer in kind of keeping that position obviously positional versatility is important but in my opinion it's more important for those sixth seventh and eighth uh offensive linemen on your depth chart and less so for those starters um and it's more of a bonus if you do have that but um long story short i do think they can trade down from nine again and grab a right tackle like tennessee's darnell Wright or um Ohio State's Dewan Jones, perhaps, um, and maybe even they trade down again, and Bijan's still sitting there at that <laughs> sixteen or fifteen pick, and yeah. it makes our life a lot easier to pick him because we know Jalen Carter isn't going to fall that far unless something really bad happens. And if that's the case, then Carter probably won't be drafted at all, in my opinion. You know, yeah, so. and, and you know, you look at it this way too. Um, if the Bears don't take Bijan at nine or if they trade back, the Eagles kind of need a running back. Uh, Miles yeah, Sanders right. hits the market. Um, obviously, they have some younger guys there, but 
Bijan's not like the Bijan's an every down back Oof. that can dominate that backfield. I, um, I compare him to Christian McCaffrey and Saquon oh, Barkley yeah. a lot. Just being able to affect the game in a multitude of different ways, every every phase of the game, basically. Sorry, go on. No, no, and, and the thing is, is he's going to stay healthier than those guys too because of his. Right. He avoids hits. He t- takes them well. He doesn't really go down to the ground very hard. He would be a mm-hmm. very, very fun player um, with either Jalen Hurts or Justin Fields. I, I mean, I would love to see him in yeah. the backfield with either one of those. Yeah. But um, you know, we still got what is it? Another month and a half until the draft. So it's yep. going to be a lot of speculation, a lot of mock drafts we're going to have to go through. But but it's going to be a, a really fun time. Absolutely, and then. The Texas back that doesn't get as much shine. Um, but selfishly, I always think of this in a Bears lens because I'm a Bears fan. But, man, <laughs> Roshan Johnson uh, would just be a perfect, perfect fit. And I think he's going to be one of those running backs who gets drafted in – I I think he's worth probably a second-round pick. But I think he's going to go in the third, maybe even the fourth. And I think he's just going to be – kind of like fantasy football's peoples, which isn't mm-hmm. really me, but if you're into fantasy football, I think Roshan is going to be that um, quote-unquote sleeper uh, of a player, depending on where he goes, because wherever he goes, I think he's going to be really dang good. I don't care if there's another running back there. I think Roshan's going to compete and kind of force teams to give him touches um, by the end of the year. Yeah, I completely agree. And um, the Bengals are in the market for a running back, probably in the two to three uh, uh, range, round range. Um, So I I would absolutely love if we picked up Roshan. Uh, Joe Mix is kind of a question mark. We don't know if if we're going to keep him, if we're going to trade him. Um, Mm -hmm. Samaj P. Ryan just signed with the Broncos uh, today or or yesterday Mm -hmm. or agreed, whatever. Um, So being able to pick up Roshan as as a running back to pair with Joe Mixon would – uh, make me very, very happy. <laughs> that would oh, yeah. be a fun combo. And, I mean, Roshan runs so hard. He, he would play fantastically in that offense. And, and uh, he's, a good, he's good at pass pro, which is what Joe Mixon struggles right. at. So um, that, that, would, that could be um, Joe Burrow's third down back and uh, could get a little leaks out of, the, out of the backfield for quick touchdowns. But I think that would be a fun pairing there. But we'll have to see how it goes. It, it, uh, it's going to be fun, but the, the weight is killing me. <laughs> I know, I know. And I keep, so I, I, every single, I have a very, very boring life. So sometimes on break, I'll just go onto some mock draft website and I'll just, I'll just run through a mock. Bears. <laughs> I'll just, and sometimes I just like see guys like, uh, I'll, I'll, sometimes I'll forget. I'll draft Bijan at nine and then I'll draft somebody in the second round, whatever. And then in the third round, Roshan's sitting there. I'm like, oh, dude, Roshan, that'd be perfect. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I just paired up Bijan with Roshan again. Uh, and then I'll still try to add a Mora Ojimo and a DeMarvian Overshone. And I'm like, the Bears need all of these players. And I'm like, yeah, no duh. They were the worst team in the league. They need every single position imaginable. So <laughs> it's always rough going through them and not, having my burnt orange tinted lens on uh, oh, while yeah. doing bears mock straps because I'm just in love with all of these players. And Ojimo is a huge winner from the combine. Yes. He had yes. Freakishly long arms. I think they're like 34 and a half inches long, which I think 33 is kind of the, the measurement that you want as a, um, as a lineman. Um, and man, at 34 and a half, he's just absolutely killing it with his pterodactyl arms but um yeah i don't know uh i i'm i'm just really excited um the whole nfl season was terrible for the bears so this <laughs> this is what we've been waiting for is that huge trade down getting a bunch of assets getting dj Moore, the wide receiver who um if you're a fantasy football player again you're probably pissed because the bears don't throw the ball a whole lot with justin fields <laughs> So if you have DJ Moore or, or you wanted to get him, I would highly recommend against it at this point. Um, maybe go after one of Michael's guys, Jamar Chase or T Higgins now. Yeah, it's, Jamar T is always a always a good pick there in fantasy football. But uh, yeah. <laughs> one guy that Moro um, Ojimo reminds me of that also came out of Texas is Charles Amin. Uh, oh, I think Amenahu went out of the went in the fifth or sixth round, I, I believe. And, I think um, fifth, yeah. And he just sat there in San Fran for a little bit, played really, really well 
uh, this past year and then got a mm-hmm. huge payday from the Chiefs today. Uh, yeah. Two years, $20 million. So yeah. that, that's that's kind of how I see Moro of, of a guy who's going to get on a team, kind of sit there and wait for a little bit and then just dominate out of nowhere. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that's kind of what we come to expect out of interior defensive linemen from Texas. Uh, I, mean, I mean, you look at Puna Ford up in Seattle. Um, yeah. Oh, the guy in Atlanta. I can't. Um, can't remember his name. Oh, uh, oh it's killing me. I, 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 it's not Tavondre Sweat. I don't think it is. No, it's not. Well, uh, Tavondre Sweat's still in Texas. Yeah, it's. But I always get these two mixed up. Anyways, oh. the the interior D lineman from Texas always play really, really well in the NFL. Um, and, and it's kind of a surprise, but I just come to expect it now. So I think Mora Ojemo is going to be kind of that next guy in line. Um, and maybe even Keandre Coburn, maybe he gets on a team that's that um, yeah. loves to stop the run, and he can be that uh, nose tackle there and kind of uh, block up or clog up those run lanes, and and that would be fun to watch. But um, yeah, it's it's going to be a fun, or it's going to be a long, sorry, month and a half <laughs> until this uh, draft gets here, and then once all these guys are drafted, you know, we may have a couple teams that we favor um, because we have we have Texas guys playing for them now, but. Uh, I, I hope my team at least picks up one, maybe even two, two of these guys. That, that'd be fun. Absolutely. And I'm sorry, my brain is hurting so bad. <laughs> I cannot think of this Atlanta Falcons. Uh, I can picture player. his face. I can picture yes. his face. It, I mean, he, he was on Texas like four years ago. Like, yeah. He's, he's probably still on his rookie contract. I'd but he, say. He, he's played very, very well for Atlanta and, and, um, He's one that I think he still is on his rookie contract, but in this next year or two, he may get a nice payday as well. Um, okay, I'm I'm looking it up now, and I haven't <laughs> scrolled to it yet. Do you Do you want me to say it out loud? Yeah, you can say I, it. <laughs> uh, shoot, I really want to get this, but Taquan Graham. <laughs> Taquan, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> I really Sweat. wanted to get it. Tavondre starts with a T, Taquan starts with, that's I don't know why, but yes. I always get those no, guys that's, mixed that's, up. <laughs> I, I knew you were going with the Tavondre sweat thing. I really did. I knew it was something with a T and a and a uh, what is that? An apostrophe? I don't know. I didn't go to college. Um <laughs> Yeah, that that was killer. It, I'm usually pretty good at that. I think being on the pod, um, the pressure was just too high. Oh yeah. Like, absolutely crumbled. <laughs> oh man. So Rough, rough start, but that's okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm really, really just excited for the NFL draft. And I figured today was a good day to talk about it because, um, and to talk about March Madness because, you know, Texas football, there's not really a whole lot going on um, right now. It's the it's spring practices, but like me and you talked about last week, there is if there's no injuries happening, we really aren't going to pull much actual information from the spring practices. Yeah, yep. Um, so I figured it would be a good week to kind of skip it, um, and just talk about some other things and what better, what, what's better to talk about than, uh, than March Madness right now, because I think this might be the best seven days or nine days of the calendar year, just day for day. I think March Madness is my favorite, uh, time of the year. I think it's so much fun. Um, and it starts your, when you're listening to this, it's actually going to be starting today, uh, Thursday. So, um, what are your thoughts on Texas basketball? I know we kind of talked about this before the pod too, but neither of us really major in, in Texas basketball. Like we're not sitting watching every single game, but me and you, I think both have caught a few games here and there. And, you know, we know the players, we know kind of how Texas plays, um, and, you know, obviously we're both excited for this season. So I'll kind of throw it to you right now. Um, whatever you want to talk about starters, um, the team in general against Colgate specifically March madness, whatever. I'll just throw it in your court here. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I, I told Ryan, um, this week sometime that this is probably the best Texas team that we've had in a very, very long time. Um, and and this team can make a deep run into the, into the, um, tournament here. Um, I think a lot of people are expecting it. You know, some of the big names on ESPN have Texas in their, in their final four and even in the championship game. So, um, there's a lot of expectations on this Texas team, but it's just trying time to go out there and prove them. Um, you know, there, there's been a lot of controversy around the season with, uh, Chris Beard and then Rodney Terry, 
uh, taking over for him and, and doing a fantastic job, in my opinion. Um, oh, the people, yeah. The people who want somebody to replace Rodney Terry, I, I just don't get it. Um, I haven't even seen that. You've seen that take? Yeah, they're, they're looking for That's coaches. Um, I haven't seen it since the Big 12 – since the Big 12 tournament, but before then, I, I've okay. seen that several times. Of um, yeah. who are we going to hire? <laughs> you know, and, and right, it's kind of like right. this guy just won Coach of the Year. Um, I, I can't remember what publication named him Coach of the Year, but um, yeah. th- this is a very, very good Texas team. And and honestly, um, Colgate's a good team as well. They shoot the ball very, very well from three. So that's um, always the scariest thing. About yeah, low because seeded a, teams, a team can get hot, and then and then yeah. you just get blown out out of nowhere. But um, I, I expect Texas to win, obviously. Um, and then that second game is the one that we talked about before the pod. Of That could be a fun matchup with Texas A&M there. Uh, you know, a, yeah. a, a look into the future of the SEC. Um, but uh, that, that could be a fun game. But Texas a and is not guaranteed to beat Penn State. They have a good team as well. So right. uh, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But, uh, yeah, th- this should be a pretty fun tournament. And, you know, if, if Texas makes it to the Final Four, it's down there in Houston this year. So, Mm-hmm. Um, Texas is going to have a big time home home court advantage, and uh, I think they're going to use that to their advantage. But uh, it's it's a long couple weeks here, and and they got to play well and, and get out of these early rounds, and then uh, tr- kind of get hot and start to start to run here later in the in the tournament and, and see what they can do down the stretch. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, um, and I, I kind of interjected there too, but Colgate being a good three point shooting team just scares me so much because like you said if they get hot for you know a quarter i mean a a half or in the second half and they just start draining threes because they got nothing to lose texas is going to be in trouble because they don't really have a guy who could be a consistently uh you know money three-point shooter i think Mm -hmm. um serge barry rice their sixth man i think shoots it really really well um and then Marcus Carr is a guy who shoots it pretty well, but is pretty streaky overall as as a as a scorer. So I don't know. I I would just be a little nervous about that. But something this Texas team does well is defend. Um, mm-hmm. They are in uh, Ken Palm rankings, which um, I have no idea what Ken Palm means. <laughs> I just know that it's a very very. Do you know what it? Do you have you heard of Ken Palm? I, I've heard of it. I, I don't know what it stands okay. for or what it means. Same. Yeah, me too. I think it's the dude's name who invented the statistics. That but um, yeah, but <laughs> I have no idea like what goes into these statistics. Um, but anyways, Texas is ranked 11th defensively. So, and I really don't know anybody on this team who gets minutes who is a bad defender. Dylan Mitchell has his lapses as a freshman. Um, same with Arterio Morris, same thing. Five-star freshman has his lapses on defense, but overall, all these guys really play well and just a super, super veteran team. Um, we got Marcus Smart, uh, Dylan Dessou, Serge Jabari Rice, Brock Cunningham, and then Christian Bishop. All those guys are super seniors uh, or seniors. De- Dessou is not a super senior, but all those guys are seniors. Uh, and then Tyrese Hunter is a sophomore. And then I mentioned the two five-star freshmen. So those are really the only guys getting minutes for Texas and really, really veteran team. So um, I think that plays kind of well to advancing in the tournament, um, not getting super tired. Um, obviously, a lot of teams, when they win their conference championship, People see it as a negative because now you got to go win a whole other tournament. You don't <laughs> yeah. really get that many days off. But um, I think it really helps that Texas is so, so deep. They got obviously they're five starters, but then they got four players on the bench who could legitimately play 20 minutes, 25 minutes if they had to. Brock Cunningham's kind of cutting it close to that 25 minute mark. I'm not sure he would make it that long because he's a dude who um, should probably get fouled out every single game of the tournament. <laughs> he is just that classic scrappy dude who um, plays with a little bit of an edge. And I think every opposing team in their fan base hates him, um, <laughs> but he's on Texas. So I absolutely love that. Yeah. And the, 
like you said, Brock Cunningham, he shoots it re- very well from three as well. He doesn't mm-hmm. score much, but when he does shoot, he he hits consistently. Um, the one problem he with should this, be on Duke. He's, yeah, he, he's like a he's classic a classic. Duke yeah, exactly, yeah. classic <laughs> Duke player. Um, but the the one issue with this Texas team that kind of worries me, especially making a deep run into the tournament, is. Um, they don't really have any bigs. You know, the the, the yeah, tallest guy on their team is uh, Disu yeah. at six nine. Uh, behind him is Dylan Mitchell, and, and he's not even a big. He plays out on the wing. He he's more of a guard. Same with Disu. Yeah, right. Yeah, They're and then Christian. The wings. Yeah, Christian Bishop as well. Um, who mm-hmm. I, I believe missed the Big Twelve tournament. Uh, with with injury, I don't know if he'll be back. Uh, for mm-hmm. tomorrow's game, or well, once this is released, tonight's game. Um, mm-hmm. but that's that's kind of the problem that I'm looking at. And I'm hoping uh, Texas can recruit a big or pick somebody up out of the transfer portal because they need size uh, badly, yeah. especially going into next season. But um, this is a fantastic team. They play hard. Like you said, they play very, very well on the defense side of the ball. And, you know, they can get hot. Uh, once Marcus Carr, uh, even Timmy Allen start hitting, they, they hit well. Um, Brock Cunningham, he can, he can be streaky at times where he'll – He'll um, have a couple quick threes and then get a board and go back up with it. Uh, but mm-hmm. like you said, he's he's a scrappy guy that kind of brings the energy to the team, and and we just need a lot of that, especially going through the tournament yeah. where uh, it can get grueling at times. It can get where you're bogged down and you're like, oh my god, we're we're playing again. Uh, but that, that's what these guys live for, you know. When they right. uh, committed to Texas and signed with Texas, they wanted to win a national championship, and and this team has the talent to do that. So. I'm I'm hoping they can go out there and and uh, prove that that they belong. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, that was I I have a list of pros and cons, um, and then two of the cons were terrible rebounding team and uh, struggle with talented bigs on the other side. Um, and that was the problem last year too. They lost to Purdue, who has Zach Eadie, who was the national player of the year. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I think he's like seven foot two, and then. Um, Purdue's other big last year was Trevion Williams, who scored over 20 points against Texas, and he was six foot ten himself. So Texas struggles going against bigger, bigger players. Uh, even against Tennessee, they have a big who's about six foot nine, 240 pounds, and he absolutely killed Texas this year. So it's going to be a problem for Texas. And like you said, hopefully this offseason they can kind of steal some somebody from the transfer portal or get a big to to texas somehow some way but um yeah i don't know i think between christian bishop um timmy allen is a guy who's shorter he's only six foot six but he might be one of the best better rebounders on this team still because he's averaging about five boards a game um and you know with a guy who's six foot six that is that is not good for texas um i <laughs> yeah. feel like I feel like they need Christian Bishop to have a really good game, especially as a rebounder. Um, other than that, some other notes I have is uh, a con that I have is both five stars really have not really broken out yet. You know, in college, you feel like the five stars are usually coming in and, you know, performing pretty well immediately and both Dylan Mitchell and Arterio Morris really haven't done that. Dylan Mitchell's a starter and he's played about 18 minutes a game, but the last five games he's only played 12 minutes. So I'm not sure really what that's about. Um, And then Arterio Morris, the past three games, he's played 15 plus minutes. Um, So he's kind of upping his minutes going into the tournament, but still neither of them have really turned into like, superstars on this Texas team. And I'd argue they're probably the sixth and seventh best players on the team right now. Yeah. And like the, the way I look at five stars, especially in college basketball is if they're, if they're the real deal, they're going to be one and done. Um, you yeah, know, we, right. we've seen that with, you mentioned it with Duke a lot. We've seen it with Kentucky a lot, UCLA. Mm-hmm. Um, they bring in five stars and they immediately go to the league. Um, I don't think Dylan Mitchell or Arterio Morris should do that. If, if they stick around another year, they could have a really, really good year um, with a right. really good Texas team next year and make another deep um, um, tournament run as well. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's going to be up to them to see what they do. But there, there's so much talent on this team. Um, 
that they can beat anybody in the country. Uh, it's just yeah. the the weaknesses uh, of not having a big or two bigs it could really really hurt them, especially going deep into the tournament. Um, mm-hmm. I was I was I watched some of the um, Pittsburgh Mississippi State game last night, and Pitt has two freshman twins who are six eleven and seven foot. Damn, I mean, that's it, so cool. <laughs> I mean, if, if if Texas could have one of those guys, I mean, they would be the tallest person on the team, um, yeah. and they probably probably be the best big on the team as well. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it's just you know they need to start recruiting bigs, and and I understand small ball and positionless positionless basketball, but you got to have at least one and Texas just right. doesn't have a dominant big man right now. Um, and, and that's kind of their only weakness. Uh, if they were to fill that spot, you know, they could be a complete team going into next year, but even without that, they, they have so much talent um, in their guards in their wing players that they can, they can beat anybody in this tournament. And I think they can and possibly will beat anybody in this tournament. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it like having, not having a big, might be okay, but it really depends on who you're matching up against. Yes. If they yep. do go against a team like Houston, Houston's probably the best rebounding team in the country. Like that is not going to go well for Texas or they're going to have to, you know, play a very perfect game, uh, pretty close to a perfect game against Houston to win that game because all Houston does is rebound They're Like I said, they're the best rebounding team in the country probably. So um, having that huge disadvantage and giving Houston second and third chances on offense when they do miss, uh, not a recipe for success there. So like you said, <laughs> yeah. if they could bring in a big and, you know, um, sell Arterio Morris and Dylan Mitchell to come back for their sophomore seasons and, you know, kind of evolve or develop into top 10 lottery picks, that would be huge for Texas um, next year. But, um, that's another thing for, that I have as a con. I know I'm pretty negative right now, but, um, <laughs> that's because I really do believe in this Texas team. And I just, I, I want to unload the cons, uh, first because the, the positives are all, all pretty much there. I mean, they're a pretty complete team with a lot of veteran leadership and then two five-star freshmen who could, you know, kind of blow up it really any moment in my opinion, but, um, back to the con, they don't really have a true lottery pick superstar to lean on. Um, I just remember one of my earliest memories of watching the NCAA tournament is watching Memphis play with Derek Rose as the point guard. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know if this was before your time or if you, if you, if you got this, but man, that was so fun to watch. Just Derek Rose completely dominating um, and taking the game into his own hands and just kind of winning all by himself. And then we saw it again, um, most notably, in my opinion, from my memory, from Kemba Walker at UConn in Mm -hmm. 2011. Kemba Walker single-handedly took UConn through their conference championship. Uh, They won that, and then he took them all the way, and they won the national championship. And it was all through Kemba Walker. And I just don't think Texas has that singular player who can kind of carry them throughout an entire tournament. And now since then, a lot of teams have won that don't have that super dominant player. Hell, Kansas last year, I don't really think had a super dominant um, player like that. But I think in general, just dumb fan brain. You just like to have that one guy who there's 20 seconds left in the game. And if he has the ball, you're like, oh, we're, we're getting we're getting a bucket here, you know? Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, you know, and, and I'm not even talking about the tournament. I mean, you had John Wall at Kentucky, uh, Anthony Davis yes. at Kentucky, uh, Zion Williamson, R.J. Barrett at, at Duke. Mm-hmm. I mean, just players that, you know, you can rely on them to play one-on-one basketball and try to go win you a game. Um, and, and like you said, Texas doesn't really have that right now. Um, yeah. But uh, they, they have two guys coming in next year, two five two five-star guys, I believe, coming in next year. Um, mm-hmm. And of course I'm going to space on their names, but um, you know, that, that could be, again, we keep talking about next year, but this year it still hasn't ended yet, <laughs> but, but next year's team could be so, so good. Um, and, and it would be a young team, but man, they, they could be really, really talented and really, you know, show people that Texas is a basketball power now. 
Um, obviously, we thought Chris Beard was going to get us there. He, he ran into some trouble and, and has now moved on to a different school. Um, mm-hmm. But Rodney Terry is doing a fantastic job, in my opinion. And, and if he keeps recruiting the way that uh, Texas has recruited the past two years, I mean, it, Texas is going to be a force in college basketball for, for many, many years. Um, but, but back to your point, yeah, if Texas needs a bucket in a key, in a key, key spot, um, you know, the guy I, I would look to is probably Marcus Carr. Um, to go mm-hmm. get that bucket, but you know he he's a guy that has struggled at times, um, has disappeared at times. You could say, yeah, he's streaky. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. Like I said, he's he's kind of that streaky scorer who he could catch fire and he will win you a game on his back. He'll score thirty probably if if you let him um, if he's hot, but he could also go two for ten and uh, <laughs> yeah. kind of sink the ship a little bit. So. Yeah, but he he's definitely the leader on this team, um, yeah. scoring wise. Uh, he leads the team in assists and steals. Um, you know, like you said, this is a very very good defensive team. Um, so yeah. if they if they struggle on the off- offensive side of the ball, you know their their defense could win them games. Um, and and we've seen that Absolutely. with with them blowing out KU. I mean, winning by twenty points in the Big Twelve championship game. But mm-hmm. I, I don't even remember the last time that's happened, but. Um, you know, that, that's a very, very impressive win against a number one seed in the tournament. So um, if they can continue that set success and um, keep up that hot streak, you know, like I said, there, there could be a, there could be a deep uh, tournament run and, and they could come out of here uh, in the final four even or even winning a national championship. Yeah, absolutely. And the only other name I'll throw in there with Marcus Carr um, is Dylan DeSue, who he just won the Big 12 tournament. Uh, most outstanding player so he is coming in pretty hot um obviously he's more of a forward but I think he's a guy who um can score in a multitude of ways um maybe not the best three-point shooter on on Texas but you know back to the basket he can make something happen and, and get you a bucket if needed but um other than that, yeah, I'd agree. I think Marcus Carr is probably probably the guy, the go-to guy, especially at that guard spot. Tyrese Hunter is a guy who played really, really well to start the year, but um, the past 20 games, he just has not been the same player. He was the Big 12 player of the year as a freshman with Iowa State, but these last 20 games, he's averaging only nine points, two assists, and then 47 and a half percent true shooting percentage which takes into account uh free throws uh two pointers and three pointers so not a really good mark um there um marcus carr also coming in only shooting 29 percent from three in the last 20 games so again not really firing on all cylinders there on the guard spots um but serge barry rice sixth man of the year um you know, he can kind of give you those guard minutes. And if Arterio Morris continues his upward uh, trajectory, then maybe he can kind of go in there and who knows, maybe he can even kind of break out here and turn into a lottery pick just in this tournament. Yeah, I, I would absolutely love to see that. And um, hitting on Tyrese Hunter, I, I remember he was, he was dominating the season and, there, and Texas fans were so excited to have him um, kind of fell off. I, if I, I don't want to speak out of turn, but I think maybe he got injured in a game and then missed part of a game um, and then mm-hmm. just didn't come back as strong. Yeah. Um, but he's a guy that, you know, if, if he sees a couple go down, you know, he could be, he could be dangerous in the tournament and could go yeah. off for 20, 25 points out, out of nowhere. Um, same way with Marcus Carr. Like, like you said, he could go off for 30 randomly. Um, it, yeah. We just need one of these guys to get hot and kind of take over this tournament and, and mm-hmm. that's kind of what teams do that, that make it to the final four. They'll have a guy or two that gets hot um, yeah. and, and it kind of just leads them to the promised land. And, and I'm hoping Marcus right. Carr, um, Jabari Rice, Timmy Allen, Tyree Center, one of these guys can do that for us and, and get yeah. us into that elite A or at least final four. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like you said, you don't even need like a Marcus Carr, a Tyrese Hunter, a Dylan DeSue, a Sir Jabari Rice. You don't need these guys to carry you through a whole tournament. Like I was saying with Kemba Walker and Derek Rose, Mm -hmm. you just need one of them every night to kind of have that hot 
hot streak. And then the ones that aren't hot, you got to pass the ball off. You cannot uh, keep struggling. You know what I mean? You can't see that Marcus Carr one for 10 uh, shooting line, that Tyrese <laughs> Hunter one for 10 shooting line. You got to, you know, if you don't have it that night, you got to pass the ball off. You got to make something happen on the defensive end um, as a playmaker. Um, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully um, we can just get, get some, some consistent play uh, offensively because we know the defense is going to be there. I, I absolutely agree. Um, did um, you want to run through your bracket? See where we have. Yes. Go I got to pull, I got to pull mine up before we get into it though. I do want to bring up Timmy Allen coming mm-hmm. off of injury. He didn't play the whole big 12 tournament. So he's probably that the, the emotional leader on this team. I think he's Texas best defender as a forward. So getting him back is going to be huge for Texas. Um, but again, yeah, just the lack of size is, is really kind of uh, concerning concerning for Texas chances. But I just wanted to talk about Timmy Allen for a second because I feel like uh, we didn't bring him up too much. But Yeah, and I mean, in the Big 12 tournament, um, Desu kind of took over in his spot and played very, very well. So, yeah. um, you know, if he's still a little banged up, uh, especially in this first game against Colgate, um, I, I could see him maybe even coming off the bench just kind of slowly work your way back into it. Um, then see uh, to suit the starting minutes, but um, if he's healthy, you know, let him go, let him warm up against Colgate, let him get knock off the rust, even though it's only been three games. But um, you know, let him get back out there and and find himself again, and and uh, hopefully we can make a run uh, pretty deep into the tournament. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, now uh, I got my bracket pulled up. Um, I'll kind of let you start. Do you want to start? with the championship and trickle your way down. That's kind of no fun. Maybe we should just start. (laughs) Um, We could probably skip ahead to the, uh, to the sweet 16 um, or maybe even the elite eight, whatever you think. I don't want to just be listing off teams here. Um, Sweet 16 sounds like a good spot to start though. So who do you got in the sweet 16 here? Uh, so I'll start in the top left, the the South bracket, but I have Mm -hmm. Alabama and San Diego state. Um, Okay and Baylor and Arizona, and then I have Alabama and Baylor winning those two games. Um, okay. So then I'll let you hit your okay. south real quick. Yeah, that's actually a great way to do it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I would just be completely lost if we did do that there. So, um, yeah, we have it pretty uh, pretty different. Um, I got Alabama playing Virginia and moving on, and then I have Creighton playing Arizona and moving mm-hmm. on. And then I have Memphis and Oral Roberts playing. So there's a, there's an upset there, a couple upsets there. And I have Memphis moving on. And then I have Kentucky USC with Kentucky moving on. I have Creighton and Memphis in the final four. I have Alabama losing and Kentucky losing. So uh, football blue blood and basketball blue blood go down to uh, (laughs) Creighton and Memphis. Uh, And uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. We can uh, move on from there then. So um, in the bottom side of the left, I have Purdue and Tennessee uh, in the Sweet 16 and Kansas State and Marquette in the Sweet 16. I have Tennessee and Marquette winning those two. Um, And then on the left side, going into the Final Four, I have Alabama beating Baylor um, from the top and Marquette beating Tennessee uh, from the bottom. So Alabama and Marquette um, in the Final Four on the left side. Oh, my God. I'm getting so lost here. I'm just on my phone. <laughs> and I must have picked so many upsets because I don't have any of those teams on my, <laughs> on my side. <laughs> oh, my God. It's brutal. Oh, okay. So this is what I did. I'm sorry. I I skipped ahead of you. Uh, I started talking about the East a little bit, too. There, That's, that's Oh, no. That's, that, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, got... Okay. Sorry. Go on. No, we, we got the left side covered now. So I think yeah. – uh... If we okay, just hit I'll the do, entire I'll do right better side. on the right, yeah, I'll do better <laughs> on the right side. I'll, I'll let you go. But yeah, I have Marquette losing to USC. Um, mm. I have Purdue losing to Memphis. So that's how I got there. And then I okay. have uh, Kentucky beating USC there. So 
Yeah, my final four on that side is Creighton Memphis. Um, okay. Okay, I'll do better on this next side. So I'll <laughs> let you start. Uh, yeah, so we'll start up on mid the Midwest side, which is uh, the portion that Texas is in. Um, in the Sweet 16 at the at the top, I have Houston and Kent State. Um, kind of a deep run for Kent State, but I think it could be fun. And then um, Pittsburgh and Texas, another deep run for Ooh. Pittsburgh, who was a play-in team. Um, but I have Houston and Texas winning those two games to make it to the Elite Eight. Nice. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Go on. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll hit the the West as well. Um, mm-hmm. So I'll have can I have Kansas and UConn, um, and TCU and UCLA. Um, I have Kansas beating UConn and UCLA beating TCU, um, and then um, I have Kansas beating UCLA to make it into the Final Four, and Texas mm-hmm. beating Houston to make it into the Final Four. Ooh, do you have three Big Twelve teams in your Final Four? Uh, just two, uh, Texas and just Kansas. Two. Yeah. Oh, okay. Baylor didn't make it up there for you. No, 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 no. Okay. All right. Yeah. Again, dude, I went crazy with this bracket. <laughs> so many upsets here. Um, I do remember one of them I have, I have Auburn beating Houston. Um, okay. Because that game is going to be played in Birmingham, Alabama. That's Ooh. if Auburn obviously beats Iowa, which is a tight game. But it's going to be in Alabama if it does. Man, could you imagine um, having to play Auburn in Alabama? I don't know. I just <laughs> As a white I feel like, yes, right? <laughs> yeah. Talk about not a home field advantage as a one seed. So, I don't know. I kind of like Auburn there because Houston, this is kind of the same thing with Gonzaga the, a few years ago. Now Gonzaga's kind of playing good opponents, and they played Texas earlier this year. Um, but a few years ago, Gonzaga would never play anybody during the regular season because they weren't in a power six conference. That's kind of Houston's problem right now. They really don't play anybody all season long. And then they get, um, maybe not overhyped, but they don't get tested at all. Mm -hmm. So if they play one tough team, one tough game, they could be out of the tournament. And that's kind of what we've seen from Houston the past couple of years. So that's kind of my train of thought there. And that's why I have Auburn winning now. That's obviously a perfect world, but I guess I, uh, I just went wild with this bracket. Um, <laughs> I have Memphis beating Kent state um, over there. So, and then I have Auburn making it to the elite eight against Texas. I mean, spoiler alert. I had Texas making it to the elite eight. Um, <laughs> I had them beating Iowa state to get there. So um, okay. Sounds like neither of us had Xavier going very far. Um, no, I, I had them losing to Pittsburgh. I, I kind of liked what yeah. I saw at Pittsburgh, and then they were, they were dynamite from three, especially in the first half last uh, last night. So, uh, oh, I, I think they're going to continue that hot streak and, and maybe make a little bit of a run here. Yeah, I, I missed that game, so I, but I am easily swayed the same way. So if I just <laughs> saw them do that, I would, I would probably have Pittsburgh there too. Um, and then I have, I have Arkansas beating Kansas. Okay. Train of thought there is Arkansas, super talented team, and just never put it together all season long. And in my head, I'm like, why not? Why not now? <laughs> what if they just put it all together now? So, our another eight seed. Um, I have them beating Kansas, and then I have them beating UConn as well. Um, I have UCLA making it to the Final Four, beating Gonzaga, then beating Arkansas. So my Final Four reads. Creighton versus Memphis, and then Texas versus UCLA. Okay. Uh, mine is Alabama Marquette and Texas Kansas. Um, okay. I'll, I'll go ahead and run Very chalky, mine. Michael. <laughs> Very chalky. I, I have Alabama beating Marquette um, to make it to the national championship game, and I have Texas beating Kansas uh, to make it to the national championship game. I almost – so close – um, put Marquette in the national championship game to um, for oh what's his name uh, Jimmy Butler. Co- uh, no the the um, coach of Marquette he was the last Texas oh coach. Shaka Smart yeah Shaka I Smart about that yeah <laughs> uh, I, I almost wanted to make that matchup in the national championship game but I think Alabama has a really talent um, and yeah. and they they should be able to make it there but Texas Alabama in the national championship game looking like 2009 football. <sighs> Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> or week two of the 2022 and 2023 seasons. Yeah, yeah. We just need Quinn Ewers to last a whole game. Um, <laughs> who do you got winning there? 
I have Texas winning 78-72. Yeah, I'm shocked. I am absolutely <laughs> floored right now. <laughs> um, yeah, I kind of figured that was going to happen. I also have Texas winning the national championship against Creighton. So I have Creighton beating Memphis for no reason. I, I don't know anything about Creighton. I just <laughs> going off going off the riff there or whatever. And then I have Texas beating UCLA. Um and then I have Texas winning 87-82. Um, again, the number just made it up. I have no idea <laughs> if Creighton's a high-scoring team or not. Um, I kind of was looking at the Ken Palms while I was doing this, just kind of, I don't know, I was just making stuff up. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not very shocked that we both have Texas winning. I just felt like I couldn't not have Texas winning because this team is so talented that if they won – I didn't want to be the guy who picked against them. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm known as my friends. I'm known to my friends as the Texas fans. So like <laughs> how fraudulent would it be if they won and I didn't pick them? So I was kind of forced into a corner there, but I'm ha- I'll happily do it. Um, something else I want to note here, and this is not a brag yet because it hasn't happened, but before the start of the season, I placed two futures. I, did I talk about this on the pod yet? Uh, I don't think so. Not recently. Okay, yeah. I placed two futures, uh, NCAA basketball futures. One was Texas and one was UCLA. Um, 20 to 1 odds. So the that would be absolutely massive. The only bad thing is they're both on the same side of the bracket. <laughs> so the furthest I can be right is the uh, final four, which would be great. Obviously then I for sure get somebody playing in the national championship for 20 to one odds money. But I really was hoping that Texas would sneak into a one seed or something, or UCLA would, and they would be on opposite sides of the bracket. Then I can have a national championship game, 20 to one odds, no matter what. Uh, (laughs) But whatever, I'm not that greedy. I'll I'll just take, I'll take that. So I am excited for that. I think I think I, I I'm giving myself a pat on the back already. We'll see how far either of these teams go because we talked about Texas being flawed in a very specific area, which could come back to bite them because you know just it's a very specific area, but it only takes one team to have a seven footer who can yeah uh, is somewhat skilled. Um, to, to, you know, give Texas problems. And then UCLA just lost their best defensive player and their team is primarily um, wins defensively. So um, both not totally uh, gr- looking great right now, but man, at 20 to one odds, I just feel really good about it. I don't even know what their odds are at right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like you said, this, this team has so much talent. Um, it's, it's going to take a lot. It takes a lot to win, to win, um, the, the tournament, but, um, yeah, if you get hot, you know, you can make a run easily and and you could end up, you know, hoisting the trophy at the end of the year, but, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Obviously starts tomorrow night. Uh, when you're listening to this, it'll probably be tonight, but, um, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, the only thing that I, I want to happen is Texas has to win in the first round. They can't get bounced by Colgate. Um, and then if they do play yeah. Texas A&M in the, in the second round, they have to win that game. Yeah, um, they cannot lose that game. They, if they, oh, my goodness. I can't imagine <laughs> if they lose that game. If they do lose in the Sweet 16, um, that would suck. Obviously, it wouldn't be ideal. But mm-hmm. um, losing either of those two first games um, would, would be a very, very disappointing tournament. So, I, I think this team can make a run, but they have to win those first two games and start to try to get, you know, a little bit of fire, get on a streak and uh, see if they can make it last to the end of the tournament. Yeah. Oh my goodness. There's a hawk outside my, outside my window right now. <laughs> I have a very small dog. He's, he's fat. So I don't think the hawk would be able to pick him up, but got to keep my eyes on. on that. <laughs> um, that's just live talking right now. But um, so speaking of the Texas A&M, rivalry kind of here um danny cannell from cbs sports um was talking about on on uh what is it barstool sports unnecessary roughness 
he was talking to them and they asked him who is Florida state's biggest rival, Miami or Florida. And he put it so perfectly. He said at the time when I was there, um, Miami was a bigger rivalry, but also we like respected Miami because, you know, they won national championships. They were, um, consistently a really great team mm-hmm. whereas florida would just talk a whole ton but they didn't win anything yet this was before urban meyer um mm-hmm. and in those years with tim tebow but so he was like we really didn't respect florida which kind of pissed us off more um and i just tweeted i said this sounds exactly like texas oklahoma and then texas texas a&m because texas oklahoma personally i'm not going to speak for you but that rivalry like i respect oklahoma i think they're consistently a really good program they always have a really good coach from bob stoops to lincoln riley like just a seamless transition there and even though they haven't won a national championship in the past two decades they've at least been really competitive and they've been there um whereas texas a&m they really just i i don't know what they've done (laughs) <laughs> in, in their, <laughs> you know like they haven't really done anything they yeah. haven't won a conference championship you know they haven't even played in a college football playoff played for national championship like i have actual respect for oklahoma whereas texas a&m just i don't know they they just talk a whole lot uh but i don't know i would i just want to hear your opinion there if you kind of feel the same way or or if you feel differently Oh yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, I, I think I've I've said that to friends before as well as, you know, I I respect Oklahoma because they've done something. A um, and M's like the annoying kid uh, who yeah. can't do anything. <laughs> you know, he right, right. he needs help tying his shoes. He, he needs help <laughs> put on a jacket. You know, kind of thing. Um, that that's kind of what Texas A and M is to me. Uh, when you haven't won a national championship in uh, going on close to ninety years now, I, I mean that yeah. that's just straight up embarrassing. Um, and you know, they tout it like, like it's something special. Uh, they put up fake national championships on their wall. That uh, is so funny. Fake yeah, conference that... <laughs> championships on their wall. I mean, it's just, yes. it gets super ridiculous. Um, but you know, gig them, right. That that's, that's what they love to yeah. do. And, and I, I don't know what they claim. <laughs> their yeah. only national championship was in, I, I believe it was 1939. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, if they again, if they win one soon, okay, you know you can have that respect that you actually did something. But mm-hmm. um, it, it's getting kind of ridiculous now, and and I, I think it's funny, um, but it, it's kind of annoying that that they they talk so much but haven't done anything. Uh, but Oklahoma, they talk a lot too. It gets annoying, but but they mm-hmm. can actually back it up. They they have a trophy case that they have stuff in, unlike A and M, where it's just maybe one trophy and then the rest of it's piles of dust. So um, yeah. ho- hopefully they, oh, well, not hopefully, hopefully it stays that way. Hopefully they don't want anything else for the rest of their yeah. existence, but um, Texas needs to start putting some trophies in there too, to, to kind of keep that respect up as well. So um, hopefully this year, you know, big 12 championship would be nice um, in, in football. Um, and then maybe even a college football playoff appearance. That, that'd be fun. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, I I said Oklahoma hasn't won in over two decades. Well, Texas is really, really getting close to that. Yeah, uh, 2005 yeah. was was a while ago now. So it helps that Texas has won the most recent national championship of the three. But um, it's not it's not really uh, something super you know, impressive at this point, Texas does need to get back and win another one. Like you said, otherwise um, it'll fade, fade in the back mirror pretty, pretty quickly in the rear view mirror, I should say. So um, yeah, I don't know. Um, Is there, uh, is there anything else you want to talk about, about March Madness uh, before we get out of here? Uh, I I would just say, you know, be tuned into TBS at 630 central time, you know, be ready to watch these guys play and and uh hopefully it's an easy win hopefully it's it's uh you know there's no stress involved but you never know Mm -hmm. with texas athletics they they always try to bring that out of you so um but it's it's gonna be a fun night tomorrow night and and hopefully we walk out of there with a win yeah absolutely and uh something that i really messed up on is right after football season i suspended my sling uh, membership yeah, and I just realized it literally today. So <laughs> when I saw that Texas was playing on TBS, I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, 
Friday, totally fine. I'm going to watch, be watching at bars or somebody else's house anyways. But, man, it really stinks that Texas is on a, is on a Thursday because I need to watch that game, obviously. So I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, I don't know. I might scab off somebody else's uh, <laughs> direct TV stream or something. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe I'll just have to eat it and, and pay the what, however much it is for a month and then just recancel. But um, yeah, we'll see how it goes. But I did not think that one fully through. I haven't even been canceled for a month yet. <laughs> and I already am going to have to re-up it. So they really got me. Uh, yeah. Man, sports, just live sports is the only thing keeping these places alive because honestly, I only watch Netflix and HBO. um, I think it's HBO Max now. That's really the only two things I watch anymore. So um, besides that and live sports, so they got me. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, all right. Uh, I'm not sure what we'll talk about next week. We'll kind of play that by ear. Um, we'll definitely get creative with something if nothing Texas football related came, comes up, but, uh, I hope you enjoyed this little, uh, kind of basketball, uh, preview just kind of, I feel like me and you are just like two kind of average guys just talking about Texas basketball, how we see it. It's, it was a lot less true analysis like we do with football. So it was kind of fun doing something different here. Yeah, Absolutely. So, um, but all right. Uh, yeah, I think that'll do it for this week's episode. So if you enjoy the podcast, learn something, or just want to support us at Texas talk, please rate five stars wherever you're listening. But more importantly, tell your friends and family about us. It's the uh, best way for us to grow our brand. So, um, like I said, we will be back next week. Um, thank you all for listening. And as always, Hook 'em. Hook 'em.